and good evening to another episode of Who Continue My the podcast number 131 from Belgian waffles to home cooking. Um, I struggled to figure out for a topic for this since we missed last week. As always, myself, Mike, your host, I have Bill, I have Jason, Oscar May join us. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Not too bad. Good. It looked like we were headed for a frustrating podcast. Fortunately, um, things worked themselves out. Um, we have uh, two matches to cover here. We have Bruges away in a match that started off a little bit testy, but we came away with the result. And today, I guess, Bovista, another match that probably should have put away earlier, and we didn't, and we made things difficult. Um, so we'll talk about that. For those of you who are tuning in, uh, be sure to leave us your thoughts, your comments, your feedback in the comment section. We want to make this interactive. So if you join the conversation, uh, we'll be sure to bring your comments up on screen and interact with you guys as well. Um, what else do we have here before we get started? Social media. We are. Yeah, Bill, you got a lot of background noise. I don't know what's going on on your side. Um, uh, social media. We are nearing. We're about 100 off from 30K followers on facebook so if you're tuning in if you have a social media account if you could um hit that like button hit the subscribe button follow uh it doesn't cost you anything we don't make any money from it um but the bigger the the podcast gets the larger the following the more likely we are to get some more um famous uh celebrities or former players of the squad um on the podcast so Anything that you can do to help us, hit that share button, subscribe to us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, like I said, Instagram as well. Um, you know, just doesn't cost you anything. We don't make any money off of it, but the bigger we can get, um, the more likely we are to uh, bring in some some top quality guests. Speaking of that, Mayfica's anniversary on the 28th of February, next Tuesday, we are working in the background on some interviews that we are uh, going to uh, record and uh, publish on the 28th um, throughout the day. So look out for that. I don't want to make any announcements yet in terms of names. We will start recording some of those interviews tomorrow. Um, but as we get closer, we'll we'll lay that out for you guys. Um, and then, para a malta que esteja a ver em português, esteja à vontade de participar aqui nesta nossa conversa. Hoje é o nosso podcast em inglês, mas todos percebemos português, por isso podem deixar os vossos comentários na caixa de comentários e nós iremos abordar as vossas opiniões sugestions. Um, quickly, we got here in the comments already. O Paulo Teixeira, abraço da Ilha da Madeira. Viva o nosso Benfica, um abraço para ti, Paulo. Já é tarde aí desse lado ou cedo, dependendo como é que se olha para isso. Mas uh, um abraço, obrigado por participar aqui neste nosso cantinho. And Nick's back. We are on fire, boys. I thought that fire was going to uh, die out <laughs> until like the 80th minute, but shit, we got it done. Um, Look like for a while there, looked like we ran out of uh, gas. Yeah, seriously. Um, but we, we got it done, and, and we'll get to that game. But let's start with Bruges, Benfica, another away day in the Champions League. Uh, Benfica started with Lacodimus, Ba, Antonio Silva, Otamendi Grimaldo, Florentino Chiquinho, Auschnes, João Mario Rafa, and Gonçalo Ramos. Um, Jay, I'll start with you. Any Were you surprised at all that... Uh, Ramos and Rafa came into the 11 given that they had been out for a little while. They didn't look very good against um, Braga. Um, and then your thoughts on the game. Uh, regarding the Bruce game, I, I wasn't I think it was a game that we controlled. I think that 
we had some scarce moments, but I think overall, um, I mean, the Champions League game was last week, but I, I just thought that we, it was a game that I wasn't too worried about. I thought we played very well overall. Um, I wasn't, so regarding your question about the starting 11, I, I, I eventually Rafa and Ramos needed to come into the starting 11. Um, I think them coming in in the other game as subs was kind of like for them to get their legs underneath them a little bit, get some game, some game time there. And um, I thought overall the team played well and we got out of there with a 2-0 victory and looking good to kind of move on to the next round. Bill, thoughts on this game? I I thought that we started off extremely shaky. I mean, Bruges came out guns blazing, probably more on the front foot than probably anyone would have anticipated given their current form. Um, but the truth is that I thought that we looked for the first like 10, 15 minutes, like we looked on the ropes. Um, fortunately, things started to kind of level out and the team started to grow into the game. I thought in that first half we missed some chances. I don't think there were any clear, clear cut chances, um, but I definitely think there were some half chances that we missed. I, I remember there was a header over the crossbar. It was a shot that, you know, maybe PK spot that we put over. I can't remember who it was, um, but thoughts on the game, Bill? Yeah, I think, I, I think after those first, I'd say like 20, 25 minutes, I think we, we grew into the game and we kind of controlled it for a bit. Um, but I mean, let's not forget Bruce scored at yep. the essentially at the end of the first half yeah. that was then called back. I think it was offsides. Yep. Um, that game completely changes if Bruce, if that goal counts, like yep. Bruce came out. Cool. Yeah. Bruce came out hot, right. They had us on our back foot. I didn't expect it. I thought this would be a game that we'd come into and we'd dictate the pace from the start and we control it. And it'd be one of those games. Like we've seen by Fika play so far the second half of the season where we might not be at our best and all out, but we're controlling the game and Bruges doesn't have many options, uh, many chances to score. But I mean, in those first 20 minutes, they were all over us. Uh, I mean, the, the pace of pop, um, Lang, like Lang and, and yeah, Buchanan, like they, they were, they were causing uh, problems with, with, with their pace. Um, and then we slowly grew into the game. And then at, toward the end of that half, Bruges kind of, controlled it a little bit more and if that goal counted i think we would have been we'd be sitting here talking a different a different story because at that point bruce would have just sat back and completely fucking parked the bus and just try to hold up that result and play the long ball to to lang and buchanan and hope that with their pace they can uh catch another one or something but uh luckily lucky for us uh it didn't count and then the second half i think it was more of a performance that we're used to for Benfica so far the second half where we came in, controlled it, dictated the pace. Uh, I don't think we were ever at our best, but there, there was there was enough chances created to where um, I don't think the result was ever in jeopardy. Uh, I feel like it's one of those performances where like if we had to turn it up, we could have. Thankfully, like we didn't have to um, kind of go all out and and – force uh force it to get to get the result right we, we were able to to get those two goals um lucky on the on the nerves goal the defender i mean it was like opportunistic it, it was like one of those like where like your xbox controller dies right and the guy just like gets the ball and stands there and doesn't realize like he's still playing 
but I mean, Nettles did well, did well to anticipate it, and the finish was was class too. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I think it was it was a game that could have gone differently had that Bruges goal in the first half counted. Um, but at the end of the day, two two zero uh, away win um, is is something you'll, you'll take all day. Yeah, especially in the Champions League. And from a statistics perspective, in the first half, um, I got it here. I just got to bring it up. So in the first half, Benfica had eight shots, two on net, um, right, versus two shots from Bruges and one on net. Um, right, so like like we said, right, like there was chances, half chances, whatever you want to call them. We just weren't really opportunistic. And um, Nick says, to be completely fair to, you, to our boys, if their finishing was better, both in Belgium and even today, I think the overall confidence of the, both the players and the fans would be how it was before the World Cup. I agree, right? Like, opportunities yep. were there today as well, and we'll get to that, but we didn't take them. SLB, yes, welcome back. Both games, we were, we similar where we, were similar where we created a lot of opportunities. It took us forever before we finally put one in the back of the net. Again, it, like, you get that sense. It's like, okay, it's, it's, it's a difficult game. We're struggling, but like once that first one goes in, I think things will open up, right? And in Belgium, we got the penalty. Jean Mario almost missed it. I mean, look at it how you want. I know. Uh, the goalie was was right there. Um, hit the underside of the crossbar, went in. Um, but he put it in the back of the net, right? That's the important piece. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, today he wasn't able to do the same thing. <laughs> Even though I would be willing to, I think all of us would have put any money on it that he was going to bury it, and he yeah. fluffed it. <laughs> So, uh, extremely disappointing. Um, so that was uh, the first half stats. And then full-time, we had, uh, let me see here. Full-time, we had 14 shots, four on target, right? So it's like, out of 14 shots you took, four of them hit the target, and we had two goals, right? So I, I agree, right? Whereas if we took our chances, if we were more opportunistic, we more were more efficient, I think Benfica plays this Bruce team out of the park, right? Take out the first 15 minutes where I think they, they looked good. Um, I know that they drew again this weekend, and there was footage of Lang storming yes. off into the dressing room saying, like, it's always the same shit every weekend or something like that. So obviously things aren't well there um, to begin with, right? This Bruce side is not the Bruce side that went and beat Porto 4-0 at the start of the game. Like, let's be honest with it. But this Bruce side isn't, I don't think, the colossal that maybe the media wanted to make them to be right even though they beat porto at home right they also lost uh, they beat porto in portugal they also lost at home to porto right in a game that was extremely important right so um right there was rumors like oh they're the bayern munich of belgium like let's be let's call a spade a spade here right like if you look down that lineup how many players do you know in their lineup right like yeah. that are world renowned buchanan we know buchanan because he was in the mls he <laughs> plays for canada but most people in here probably have no idea who buchanan is um, right, Yadamchuk, we know him because he played here as Ukrainian international. Even Lang, I have no that, clue who that who that guy Lang, is. I, he played for Ajax, I know that, he, but I knew that after good, the fact. But... Um, the goalie, he played in who did he play for Liverpool? Um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, there's a few there, but I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Benfica, I think we went into it believing that Benfica should come out of this two legged uh elimination on top. I think the first game puts us in cruise control. And Jay, I'm going to ask you, did you see anything from that first leg that gives you any concern that Bruges could come to the Stade of the Luz and somehow pull off a performance like they did against Porto at the Stade de Rigo? No chance. Zero chance for Bruges. I'm, I'm, I mean, that's just how I feel. Can they? Yeah. 
they can come and surprise us 100 percent. but i kind of agree with what nick said i think when they come back we're gonna blow them out at least by three goals i kind of agree with that so yeah, yeah i mean I mean, in those, like, I understand that they gave us some scare. Like, like the first 15, 20 minutes were, were a little scarce, but we, I just thought that we controlled that game. Similar, someone also says some similar to what today's game was like, where we took over and then they played a little bit better than us, or we let them come to get into the game. I just thought that it, it came to a point where if you get gain control of the game against Bruges and they just couldn't. They were just putting their foot on the pedal to try to score a goal, and it took a few opportunities, but we were able to score two. So that, that's the most important part. Bill, any many worries? No, I, I agree with what Tank said. I, I think like their those first 15, 20 minutes was probably the best they've they could get, like possibly ask for, and yeah, they caused some issues, but in those. 20 minutes, do they have any glaring scoring opportunities? No. The only one I can think of from them in the first half was the goal. Like, like I get And Buchanan had that one down the line that already came out. Yeah. I I seen the replay enough times to believe that that ball is going to end up going down either the the end line or the sideline. It doesn't look like it's on net. No. But regardless, it's a half chance. Right, right. But I mean, in those 20 minutes, that's the best that they could have ever asked for. And they still didn't create anything that was glaring and um, obvious. Right. And in those 20 minutes, we probably looked the worst that we've looked in a while. Right. So like take the, take those 20 minutes out of it. And it's a game that we controlled for the majority of it. And we didn't really have any issues with, with how the game was being played and they didn't create much. So I, I don't, I don't see how at home where we've been unbeatable, um, we yeah. lose a game where yeah, we already drew. We haven't, yeah, where we already have a 2 0 lead, right? I can't see how we blow that at home. Yeah. And like to kind of piggyback, uh, piggyback off of that, just I, I think it's Champions League play, right? And we're playing in their stadium. So I, I expected them to start off hot. I expected Befica to kind of take their shot. Like get, uh, take Bruce's best shot right in the beginning because they got they got the crowd behind them. They, they you know it's yeah. Champions League. They're all amped up. But as the game went on, you could tell they weren't running that much anymore. Yeah, they were it was pure trying, adrenaline to start. Oh yeah, they were trying to conserve their energy towards the end because they were running out of gas, and that's yeah. when they get kind of controlled and dictated the game. And like I said, I, I am not scared. I, I will be completely shocked if we get eliminated. Um, I just don't see them coming to the style lose. Probably sold out at the lose. We're going to probably give them hell the first 20 minutes and hopefully score a couple of goals right there and kind of put this yeah. game over. Yeah, I agree. And and like you said, Jay, right? Like Champions League brings a different level of motivation, right? And yeah, this is a Club Rouge, Club Rouge team that's fourth in the league with 43 points. Yeah, they're struggling. They 42 points before this weekend. But going into the game, they had 42 points, right? Sitting fourth or fifth. Uh, in the league, right? So their motivation is, right, the Champions League, right? Like, let's see if we can get things back on um, on the train tracks. And, right, again, like like you said, right, pure adrenaline to start that game. Fans are behind you. And, right, they didn't take their chance in those first 15, 20 minutes. And then Benfica, you know, to credit of uh, Nunu, who's a new name here. So, Nunu, welcome um, and thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button um, on YouTube. But, a lot of maturity shown in Belgium, right? Like this is a team that, um, 
you know, in those first 15, 20 minutes away game in the Champions League, right? The way that Bruges came in guns blazing could very well have kind of conceded a stupid goal, a sloppy goal, right? And now you're playing from behind. And again, like we said, right? Like apart from the goal that was offsides um, and the Buchanan chance, right? Like there weren't any real clear cut opportunities for Bruges. And, and again, I think it speaks volumes of, of, again, the maturity. I didn't think of it in that aspect, but I think it's a, it's a great shout, right? Like the team showed significant amount of maturity, not to mention having lost their previous game away to Braga in a game that they played 90 minutes with one less guy. Yeah. Right. So like psychologically, that's a blow, right? Everyone's starting to question you now. Right. And like for them to, to show up and come away with two zero win. Um, I agree. Showed a lot of maturity. Um, I mean, you, we even saw it today. Like we'll, we'll, I know we'll get to today's game, but like, that the the way the game was going, right? Struggling to score, get one, Bovista gets one, and then just having like the 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 fight in you to keep going and not kind of hang your head, right? Like we we all questioned at the at, at the first half of the season where everything was going perfect, right? Like unbeaten, no one like unplayable. Could we sustain any kind of negative results? Yeah. Any kind of negative moments? Any pressure? And I mean, from minus those Braga game. I mean, the first Braga game, whatever. Second one, I think we we played well and we we fought like hell um, to get to PKs, given the circumstances. And then again in Bruges and today, I, I think it, this team is showing that they're they're up for the fight and they're not going to fold easily um, down the down the stretch in, in the season. Yeah, I agree. And before we go to the man of the match, I wanted to run through the Champions League fixtures and get your predictions on who goes into the next round. Um, so obviously we kind of have a head start on four of the games, right? But I think there's one goal in each of those games. So I don't think it's as clear cut as maybe our, I think ours is probably the the one that's clear cut in my opinion. And I think we all agree, but um, Milan beats Tottenham at the San Siro in the first leg. They now go to uh, White Hart Lane. Um, Jay, who do you think comes out of that one? Milan. So you think Milan, Bill? God, I hope Milan. <laughs> you hope you, or is that what you're I, thinking? No, I, I, I think they'll go through, but I just, I really hope that that Tottenham goes out. Do I go with my heart or my head here? I'm going to go with my head. As much as I don't want it to be the case, I think Milan or Tottenham ends up winning at home. Milan's just been too up and down this season. Tottenham has been as well, but at home, the way Milan's playing, I wouldn't be surprised if Tottenham comes away with it. Son and Harry Kane, they're going to fucking figure out a way to get past them, which pisses me off because I hate Tottenham. Leon's going to be the savior for Milan. I hope so. I hope you're right. PSG 0, Bayern Munich 1 at the Parc des Princes. Next game is in Bavaria. Jason, who's taking this one? Messi's reign, I mean, Messi's year is going to come to a screeching halt. I think I think that was a big result for Munich. Um, I think they hold on at home, so I think Munich goes on. Bill? Yeah, Bayern, they're at home. I, I don't I, – don't it's going to be closer, though. Than, I just I agree. that game is a toss-up for me. PSG is one of those teams where, like, you see it consistently, like they fold under pressure, especially in like certain atmospheres, right? And like at Bayern, like if it was at home, there's a different 
feeling to the game, but having to go away to Bayern and Bayern in the Champions League is one of these teams that like they're same in the same caliber as like Real. Like you just no matter how poorly they perform in the league, they just find a way in the Champions League. And I think PSG is going to struggle away. I agree. And I mean, Mbappe will be fit. Neymar will be out. He'll be like celebrating his sister's birthday like he does every year at Carnival like he does every year. He always manages to get hurt this week of the year. Every year. Um, he got hurt this weekend. I, I agree with Jay. I think it's going to be tighter than people expect. I would prefer PSG go through. Um, but I do think that Bayern's going to somehow figure out a way um, at home, their stadium... They got a solid squad. They've been here, done that. PSG year after year comes up short, comes up short, even though they have a group of players, but they don't have a team, I think. And I think that's going to be the difference in this game. So I'm going to pick Bayern as well. How much you think they're kicking themselves in the ass for uh, letting go of Comey? <laughs> Serious. 100%. <laughs> this could have been us against Bayern Munich. <laughs> a completely different story. Oh, um Benfica Bruges, I think we all agreed on. Benfica goes through. Dortmund won. Chelsea nil. Second leg back at the bridge. Jay. This is going to be a surprise. I, I think Chelsea goes through on this one. Even though I mean, the way that they're playing surprise, and everything, I think I mean I, I, uh, I just think that Chelsea pulls it off. I don't know how, but they, I think they do. Pull. I don't want them to. This is one of those where I don't want them to go through. But I think that they do pull it through. And I think João Felix is going to be a big part of it, too. Um, Red Baron says Dortmund. Welcome back, Red Baron. Good evening. Um, he says Dortmund's going to go through. SLBS says Bayern are pros. They don't mess around. That's the difference, right? Like, they've been there, done that, right? They know what it's like to be in these big games. PSG does, but they tend to fold consistently, right? They they haven't proven us. They haven't proven to us that they can get over that hump in those difficult matches. And this is almost like an anticipated final, right? Like a big game against Bayern Munich. Oh, yeah. If, if they can get over this hump, then I think they're really projecting themselves for a big finish in the Champions League. But they have to get past. It's a big but. I think they need to get past this. Nick says, I agree. PSG along with Chelsea are a group of great players, but not a good team. Um so Jay says Chelsea's going to go through the odds. I haven't checked them, but I would be still willing to bet that Chelsea's favored given that Probably. it's at home and given the squad that they have, even though they can't figure it out. Um, Bill, this is a tough one for Bill, everyone, because Bill's a, a Chelsea fan. Yeah, um, but you know so where I know, going. yeah, we know where he's going, but let's, let's hear his take here. <laughs> Hold on yeah. before you go, Neil, welcome. Neil doesn't <laughs> always listen to us live, but he's, uh, a consistent listener of the podcast. He sent us a note this weekend letting us know that the latest audio version wasn't on uh, CastBox, I think was, that he was listening to. So, Neil, hats off to you. Thanks for joining us live, um, and we appreciate all your support of the podcast here. He says, I hope Chelsea loses everything and gets relegated. I mean, <laughs> the way I'm they're in... going in the league. <laughs> I hope so, too. Possibility. Like, they look like shit in the league. Bill, who, who are you taking here? I mean, no. My heart obviously is going to say Chelsea. Um, I think the only thing that's kind of leaning in their in their support on this is the fact that it is at home. But I mean, yeah, when you help them this weekend, when you have a fucking Harry Potter on your bench and you're rolling out <laughs> Loftus Cheek and 
Gallagher and Ziyech and just shit after shit. Like, dude, don't disrespect <sighs> Harry Potter like that. Dude, I just, <laughs> on, it's, it's, it's. Hey, how, how did Enzo I, look in that goal? Oh, posted. <laughs> dude, all that, all that cash, all that money, you know, his salary is weighing him down. He's holding his pockets down. He's holding like, his pockets down. You know what it looked like? It looked like us. Jay, you remember Austin like Pisha? Running remember after... Austin Pisha and how fast he was? Yeah. It looked like us trying to chase Austin Pisha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a gazelle, dude. You couldn't catch yeah. him. That's what Enzo looked like. Oh, like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, he's gone. No right, chance. So going Chelsea. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Chelsea just because it, it is at home, and I, I feel like I mean eventually those players will have to figure it out, and I think the fact that it's at home will help. That's the only reason why I picked Chelsea is because yeah, they have the home game, and I think like they have so much talent. Like I think there's gonna be one game that they explode and. I think it might be. This I mean, it's bound to, they're bound to put it together. I didn't think right. they looked that bad away to Dortmund. I thought they no. they cr- And um, the thing is that like, they're creating, right? They're creating great. chances. The problem is like. I just don't have someone to score the goals. Right. We have freaking Havertz up top. Like, I think. So. You guys need fresh- to buy Felix. Like, I think he's they, been playing. They will. Stage. Yeah. I, I don't think they will. But who knows? Do. With Mr. Dodgers, he basically buys everything that moves. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I agree with the home aspect, but I think with everything going so bad for Chelsea right now, obviously there's a few games between now and then. I think that if based on today, my prediction is based on today, things are just so negative around the club right now and they still haven't been able to figure it out that I think that they're obviously going to go into this game with a shit ton of pressure, right? Because they're 10th in the league. They just spent 600 million euros or pounds in the transfer window. And I don't think they've won a game since the transfer window closed. Um, (laughs) And I think they've only scored one goal. So, right, things heating up, right? The manager is under pressure, even though they said that he's staying. Um, I just think Dortmund has experience. They have some guys on that team that are experienced. They've been in this situation before. And I think that they are capable of hitting them on the counterattack as things start to mount and pressure starts to mount. Now, if Chelsea scores early, then I think they they figure it out and they then start going. But I'm going to go with Dortmund here simply based on today, what I know today. Obviously, Chelsea could win the next one or two games and change that. But based on today, I'm going to go with Dortmund. And I hope. That, that's my heart in my head speaking. I really hope that they, they win. <laughs> um, games that start tomorrow. So clean slate here. Liverpool hosts Real Madrid. I'll start with Bill on day two. Bill, who's going here? I said it last year, and I'll repeat it again. Champions League, it's Real Madrid. Like, I don't care what form we're in. I mean, Liverpool's struggling. But no matter who they're going up against, Real Madrid in the Champions League is completely different animal than what they are in the league. So. Real Madrid. Jay, you agree? I am also going to go Real, but this is, I think this is going to be a a classic. It's going to be a great duo between these two teams. It's going to be closer than anyone thinks, and it's going to be resolved in the second leg. Um, And I think it's going to be a one goal differential between them, but I'm going to go Real. Real pulls it off. They find something. They always have a horseshoe up their ass, so. Um, I agree that Real is built for this competition. Um, and it's no surprise that, or it's not a shock to anyone that obviously Liverpool is struggling this year. Um, they have looked better 
in the last couple of weeks. Jota's back in the squad. Firmino's back in the squad. Um, that's a big boost for them. Um, Real Madrid's not having that great of a season themselves. Um, right? They're eight points off of first place. Um, but again, right? Like typically that's a two horse race in, in La Liga. But again, regardless of their form domestically, they always seem to show up in the Champions League. But I agree with you. I think this is going to be a, a classic between two European giants. And I think, I feel like everything is set up for Liverpool has played Real Madrid in what? The last three Champions Leagues or last two Champions Leagues. Um, and I feel as if everything's aligned for Liverpool to pull this off, given how poor they've been domestically. Some players coming back and all of a sudden they pull this off and they can finish off the year strong. So I'm going to go with Liverpool in this one. So I'm going to go different from you guys. Um, Frankfurt Napoli. Given. Uh, I don't know much about both teams, I, but I know... I feel like Napoli's been having a great, a pretty overall, pretty good season. I, I would go Napoli. Pretty good. They're uh, they're in first they're like place. Ten with points 15 clear. Planet. Fifteen. Yeah, like I said, I, 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 what I've seen of Napoli is what I see on Twitter, and they're I know crushing they have that. That, that, I that I don't even know that guy's yeah. name, but that guy's nasty. They got the Nigerian guy. They got the Georgian kid. I don't know how to say his name. His yeah, last that, name that is like guy, the Georgian one. He's like they a call him Caravadona, Caravadona, something like that. That's He's legit. His, his last yeah. name's a password. Yeah, it's so long. I, I'm just gonna ride with the fate. Like I think Napoli's a favorite, and I think I'm gonna ride with them, um, right. just because they're on good good form overall. They're first place, and they can continues on as well. Bill, yeah, I agree. I I mean I don't watch much Serie A, but 15 points clear in any league is it's a pretty it. good indication. And I mean, we we saw you see them in the Champions League, right? They had a good campaign. Yep. Um, so I mean. Clear cut favorites in, in that tie, and I think, I think they probably end it in this first leg. Yeah. Um, let me run through the comments quick before we go to the last two. Neil says, "Is there anyone we don't want in the final eight? Can we draw Porto? We're going to get to that after we do these last two. So hold that thought." Red Baron says, "By the end of the season, Gonzalo will be at <laughs> Chelsea." <laughs> God, of all clubs, I hope not. Um, after today's says, goal, they're probably going to offer like 130. Literally, why would anyone go to Chelsea? Gonzalo would put. Would be a waste there. Put him at United, Arsenal, or Spurs. Um, I don't think we can draw a domestic team until the semifinals. I could be wrong, though. We can. It's open. It's fair game um, in this next draw. Um, And Neil says, Napoli has won Serie A pretty much over. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, 15-point gap. I don't don't see anyone catching them. Um, Leipzig, Man City. Bill. Uh, I mean, Man City. I mean, they're one of those teams like PSG where they always seem to fall up fall short right in the Champions League but I think this this draw is one that favors them uh, so I, I think Man, Man City wins this one easily okay. this is this seems like a lock for me it's City 100 percent yeah like, I don't even no offense to Leipzig yeah they probably dreaded the, the dreaded but... L word that betters don't like yeah lock <laughs> lock it in well lock betters in. if you're listening go against lock the L <laughs> And last but not probably least, probably better if you go against. If you go against oh, them. of course. Last but not least, Internazionale against Porto. Jay, enter. And Sergio Cosisal gets a red. 
what are they to give <laughs> the betting odds on that, that are too. like yeah. nothing. You can probably yeah. lock that in too. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, we're not gonna Bill? get much money. <laughs> like on percent guarantee. <laughs> um again, I, I haven't seen much of Inter, right? Only what we see in the Champions League. Um it's one of these things like Porto in the Champions League, they always fucking find a way. Uh, yeah, they kind of wait to go home eventually, so this is no, I'm gonna, going I'm gonna, but... I'm gonna go Porto <laughs> as much as I don't want to say it, but I think do they all there's one of the they're just one of those teams that always fucking finds a way, no matter who they come up against, they, they always win. fucking find a way through. And their second game is at home, so I think that's a big advantage, for yeah, them, naturally. Um, I'm just trying to see what Inter is looking like in the league right now. Um, their second. With 47 points, 15. And again, Porto, <laughs> Porto and Benfica both going through, right? Like that wouldn't be that'd be very good for for the league itself. Like I it know would. it's fucking rivals, but like in the grand scheme of things, right? Like the Portuguese league, it helps. Care. Like it I don't does care help. How much and it I helps. think I don't want them. I know. Okay. I agree. I just I think they they find a way through. Um, no way. I just don't see it. As much as I hate to say it, I agree with you, Bill. I just feel like they're going to find a way at home. I hate it. I hate to say it. Um, I, I, I I'm 100% like with you. I don't like them at all, but I just – this if the second leg was at the San Siro or the Giuseppe Meazza, I would, I would agree with you. But the second leg being in Porto, it's not many teams that go there and win. Um, you know, obviously, Bruges did it. Atleti's done it a couple times or drawn there. It's typically a tough place to play. Like knockout, knockout on paper, Porto, yeah. Like, it's as much Is as you want to hate on 100%, right? Like right. on paper, I would say Napoli, I mean, Inter, right? Okay. For sure. But I just, I agree with you, but I think there's some, they always somehow find a way, typically more domestically than internationally. Um, they haven't been as strong in Europe as they were in years past, but as much as I hate to say it, um, I will be proud. I'll be happy to say that my prediction on this one was wrong, and I hope that enters the one that goes through. Um, and back to Neil's question so we can finish off this segment here. Is there anyone we don't want in the final eight? And yes, we can draw Porto. Bill, who would you – who's your want and who's your avoid? The want? Based on the predictions that you just told me. Yeah. So the want would be – So you got – just to recap, you got – Milan, Bayern, Chelsea, Real, so, Napoli, City, Porto. Yeah, I already know. <laughs> yeah, the the want, and this yeah. is has external factors in it. Okay, is 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 Chelsea? Okay, the you want is your... Chelsea because because I think Benfica lines up well and Chelsea's struggling, so I think we would have a good shot there. Who's and I don't avoid? want, I wouldn't want Porto. Uh, and before he says the avoid, for those of you who are watching, listening, and leave us your thoughts in the comments, who's your want and who's your avoid into the next round? Obviously, us assuming that Bayfica makes it in the next round, but who would you want to play against and who would you want to avoid? So Bill's want is Chelsea, based on his predictions. Who's your avoid? I mean, there's a, there's a few, obviously, that stand out. <laughs> but to me, it's, it's one of those things, and we, we touched on it, I think it was last year when we got Real, and then they had to redo the draw. I think it was last year, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. No, this year. No, was it this year? It was this year, right? Dude, I feel like it was last year. Oh, no, no. When they did, it was last year. 
It was last I year. They had to redo now. it. We had Real Madrid first, and then oh, yeah, they won yeah. it last year. And then we got Ajax. Yeah, yep, yep. So it was last year. It's one of those things, Real Madrid, I've said it, Champions League, like you, no matter what they look like in the league, in the Champions League, Real Madrid, like they're just like made for this competition. Uh, avoid them at all costs. All right, so he doesn't want Real Madrid. Um, hold to, on, let me put to. avoid. And then just quickly, I want to run through these comments so I don't forget. Um, let's see. SLB says, I don't see Chelsea breaking into the Champions League next year. It's going to be awkward to have a billion-dollar team not going into the big show. It'll be like guy wearing a tux to the movies. <laughs> I've seen some of those. <laughs> but, I mean, Chelsea would basically be like Russia's version of Anzi Mashkashkashkala, where they spent like tons of money. Mm -hmm. For like four years and didn't do anything and now i don't even know where the hell i think they're like in the second or third division um nick says if inter don't have a two goal advantage going into the second leg porto will advance i can agree with that um nick wants porto there would not be nothing better to send those guys home in the champions league or in the ucl he wants to avoid Bayern at all costs and slbs wants milan or tottenham jay who's your want and who's your avoid so i have two wants um based on my predictions it would be Milan and Chelsea. Chelsea just for that revenge, for that nonsense that they pulled in the summer. Milan, because I think it would be a favorable matchup for us. Okay. Who I don't want, it's a team that's been fucking killing us. Every time that we play them, it's Byron. I agree yep. with Nick. Byron is one team that I would not want to see. I don't care if it's Real. I'd rather see Man City and Real. I just know that when it comes to Byron, we fold <laughs> like it, it's it's uh domestic uh it's it's Benfica, it's portugal it's any for some reason the top german club in germany itself we just we don't we don't do well so that's the team i would want to avoid i agree well i'd rather play the messies and the psgs and the man cities of the world than play that team i agree my want is tottenham i think they're very up and down we've gone not to the stadium, but the old stadium and beating them with JJ with the celebration on the sidelines as well. Remember. Um, and I think they play an open enough game that I think it would be a good opportunity for us. And my avoid is obviously is Bayern. I quickly wanted to get your thoughts on this whole uh, thought process of like, Oh, let's get Porto in a, you know, European match. Fuck my take on shit. this is, I wouldn't want it simply from a sporting perspective. And when I say sporting perspective, like there's already a lot of tension between the two clubs outside of the, the four lines um, domestically. And I feel like us playing them in a European competition, I think would just escalate that to like a level that we've never seen in Portugal. And I think it would, it would be really bad. Obviously, it's a European competition. There's European delegates. There's a process that goes into it, but like the police is still the Portuguese police, right? Like there may be more, but I just think it would be really bad for the country um, to have those two play in a European competition, especially at this phase. Um, I was into says Grand Benfica and what else? But see, SLBS, it's all German clubs, not just Bayern. Those guys have our number. 
Um, Nix's Portugal itself may implode from all the tension. I agree. I think yeah. I think it'll be really bad. Now, would it be good for us to knock them out of a European competition? hundred oh, percent. Great. But look at it on the other side as well. Like, yeah, if we got, if, it would be a fucking night. They would never out. shut up. And fair enough, right? Like we would do the same thing. They yeah. would do the same thing. But apart from the bragging rights and the talking shit, just the whole environment outside of the game in itself, I think would be really bad for the country. Um, just imagine so the, the trauma the players play. would go through trying to get to the stadium. Oh it would be I'd bad. fight all my Porto family. <laughs> you got a lot of them. <laughs> I know. I got I got quite a few. <laughs> um, quickly, MVP. Do you have an MVP for the game in Bruges? Oh, I also wanted to mention our flag was stolen at the game in Bruges. Yeah. Uh, well, Jean hung the flag. He hung the flag on the banister laying low somebody from the bottom pulled it down took it off and then had the decency to send us a goddamn tweet with the flag in their hand all scrunched up and basically was text messaging me on twitter saying oh someone from your fan group threw a beer at my kid and i was like buddy i can guarantee you that no one from our group threw a beer at your kid now if a benfica fan did that i can't i can't speak for them but because of that you stole our flag he's like i didn't steal it i'm like you took something that didn't belong to you from the stadium. <laughs> Call it what you want. You stole it. <laughs> and he, then he was like, well, you should start deleting my tweets because you're never going to see it again. I'm like, you know what? Keep it. It'll remind you of the defeat that you guys just got at home. So, yeah. Shout out to the D-bag that stole our flag. But don't worry. We ordered a new Loser. one and we'll be back and ready for it. But I hope you enjoy it. Maybe frame it. You know, help you think about that defeat you guys took at home. You know. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the uh, non-W train. We got more for you when you come back. Um, Jay, did you have an MVP for this game? Um, probably say Freddie. I think Freddie played outstanding in that game. <laughs> ran, ran around, covered a lot of ground. Yep. It was really important for us, and I think he's the one that kind of helped us get, like, get into the game more, like slowing things down a little bit. So I, I would go Freddie. Good shout. Bill? Yeah, Freddie. I mean, Freddie, I think it's the obvious one, right? I mean, he ended up getting player of the week for UEFA. So um shows you he had a pretty, he had a pretty good game. Um, I, I mean, again, Jean-Mario Chiquinho, I mean, we all questioned it when Enzo left. Like, can he do it when it's the pressure's on? And, I mean, fuck, dude, this guy's been fucking showing up every fucking week. He's not going to show up on the stat lines, right, or on the score sheet, yeah. but – the performances he's been putting in, the work he fucking does, it's pretty impressive. Um, but I mean, Freddie is the clear cut one for this game. I think his work rate, not just this game, but just every fucking game, he, he seems like he's fucking nonstop. The guy has yeah, energizer batteries up his ass or something, dude. He never fucking stops running. Relentless. Yeah, I agree. I think Freddie, and obviously he was voted um, player of the week in the Champions League, which. Is is I pretty impressive. I mean, he came from, uh, he came from Feyenoord. Feyenoord, um, right? So it comes from a league. Right, all of a sudden he comes to Benfica, playing regularly in the Champions League, voted Player of the Week. Like, granted, there were only four games, and the other four games and all ended in one zero. Um, but it's a pretty big step, pretty good development on his part in the last six months at this club. Um, so hats off to him, and and I agree. I think. Freddie is the hands-down uh, winner here. Moving on to the game today, Bovista, uh, a game that I didn't think it was going to be as difficult as it was. Um, starting 11 picked itself. 
same as we had in Bruges, with the exception of Gilberto coming in for Ba, who was sent off against Braga. Um, Bill, I'll start with you this time. Thoughts on thoughts on this game today? And were I mean, you I think surprised was... that Geds didn't start again? So after not not really after the the game in in Belgium, right? Like I think I was surprised then that he didn't that he wasn't in the lineup. But I think when we saw Ramos Rafa back in, I figured that'd be that would be the lineup going forward. And I think Ged's opportunities now to start are going to be when we have to kind of rotate a little bit, right? Like when, if, Ra, if Rafa needs some rest, then you start Ged's. If if Ramos needs rest, then you start like that. That's the luxury that we have at this point with, with Ged's, right? Like, yeah, he's probably one of our better players and it sucks that he not, might not start every game, but we have the ability to be able to rotate um, a few of the guys because he can play in three or four different spots. And uh, I think it just adds uh, depth to us, which we were all concerned with to begin with to start the season. Um, for the game, I mean, I I didn't think it was going to be this hard. I, th- I thought we would come in. And the way we started, we looked good, right? We controlled the game. It was one of those games where we came out and it was guns blazing. Like, we were all over them to start the game and didn't missed a few – Right, missed a few chances, and that's when it starts getting like, oh shit, here we go, right? Like, and it happened in Bruges, like we missed a few in Braga, like it, it's starting to 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 be a a more common thing where we're creating, right? But we're we're missing chances, right? And it's not going in like the first half of the season it seemed like every fucking thing was going in, no matter who was shooting it or heading it, like it, it just it seemed like everything was going in, and right now it seems like. We're creating, we're playing well, we're pressing well. We just can't get the ball in the back of the net. And it, the first one is like a struggle. And I said in the group chat, I was like, this this is going to be one of those games where we struggle to get one. And we we got it, but then concede on, the fucking... You. Just want to send a abraço aqui para Paulo Jorge. Um abraço, Terras de Barroso. Somos, bem, dois de nós somos de Barroso. Eu e o Jason somos de Barroso. O Jason... De Boticas, eu de Montalegre, mas o, o Abílio é para Lula, é, é, é para os lados de Chaves. Mas um abraço para ti, sei que aí é tarde, mas uh, agradecemos a fazer parte aqui desta nossa conversa e, e participar aqui neste nosso podcast. Por isso, um abraço para ti, Bill. Carry on, yeah. I, um, not taking chances, we weren't efficient, yeah. I think I, that's gonna, I mean, hopefully, we get back to the form, our forwards get back to the form where we were to begin the season right where it seemed like everything was going in and we we get four chances and we're putting two or three away where right now it feels like we need i think this game we had like 13 or 14 or 15 to put three away like those <laughs> that efficiency isn't that all that great um but i mean credit to the team right like they conceded a stupid goal didn't drop their heads fought back um Mr. PK, like what could go wrong went, went wrong. Missed a couple we still, of sitters. Right. Like we still found a way to yep. to get the result, which at the end of the day is most important. And I, I feel like sometimes in in a title race, these type of games where everything's going like wrong, like we just can't find a way to put one in the net. We miss fucking PKs. Like Jean Madi has been perfect up until now. 
and we still found a way to to get the, the result right i think that's what helps teams kind of propel their season into titles and the fight that you need to to there's some games where we're not going to be at our best and we just need to drag it out and tooth and nail and fight it and i mean i think today was one of those games where um like two years ago we we don't win like yeah yeah, we, we can struggle. see that we can see that goal chop our heads and apart. that's it and i yeah. think credit to, to to roger and his staff right the team um has that morale and that uh, that maturity to to say fuck it we fucked up let's keep going like back at it and we got the result at the end of the day is what what all all that matters yeah halftime stats but if you get six shots one on target 67 <clears> percent <throat> possession against 33 percent. right so first half again although i think one half of that first half i thought we looked great second half of that first half i don't think we looked great but i think we also need to be right jay made a comment in our group chat where he said typical portuguese never happy <clears throat> and i look at it in the sense of right like i i feel like it's always easy for us to say oh benfica wasn't playing well but i think we also should give credit to bobista i feel like after those first 15 20 minutes they figured it out right they made some adjustments and figured it out was it pretty at times no did they follow a lot? Yeah. But at the end of the day, right? Like they need to play with the weapons that they have, right? It sucks, right? They're constantly stopping the game. And that's where the referee needs to step in and say, hold on a second, right? Like we need to figure it out what's going on, right? Give yellow cards or whatever. But while we didn't look well in the second half of the first half, I thought Bovista obviously made adequate adjustments to basically nullify us, right? In the second half, it didn't work as well, but credit where credit's due. In the, the 90 minutes, we had 18 shots, 10 on target. And we only managed to score three goals. We had 69% possession against 31, right? So I think the statistics clearly show how one-sided it was. You know, expected goals for Mefico was 4.1. Expected goals for Boavista was 0.3, right? So based on what they created, their expected goals wasn't even one. And they got it on the one chance they got. So efficiency, right? That's what happens. Bill, uh, Jay, what did you read of this game? Uh, I think Bill kind of said it. So like the first... 20 minutes or so, we just completely dominated. We were all over. The stadium was rocking. Um, the stadium was rocking really hard in the first half. Like I, I think yeah. it's not. I got a video of the. I got a video of the light show that I'll show after this. I was. Uh, I was a little surprised at how packed out the stadium was for a Monday, for Monday night. night at 9:15 yeah. p.m. I was a little surprised. But, um, it, to me, it was a game that I. I just felt like we were always in control. Um, even though, even in those parts where uh, Bovista came into the like came more into the game, in this uh, later on in the first half, I still wasn't. They 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 just didn't threaten us, right? They they had no like no shots. Like, um, I think their first shot was their their goal. Yep. Um, I think us scoring, like starting the second half, I think we came out guns blazing. I think we wanted to score. Um, we pressured them even more than we did in the first half, and we ended up getting a goal from Gilberto, who I thought had a pretty bad game, but for some reason he got a goal and an assist. Um, so <laughs> it, it ended up being a pretty decent game for him, like stats-wise. But I thought he played like crap. Yeah, he looked um, horrible. I, I didn't think Tinu was. I don't think Tinu was in his best game either today. I yeah. love that sub where he brought Oz, uh, Freddie into the midfield. I agree. I think that's where he belongs personally. Um, I like when he plays there in the middle. Um, that's up to the coach if he goes with Freddie and 
Chiquinho or Freddie and Tinu. That's what I would prefer. I wouldn't want Freddie on the wing. I would rather just give that spot to Gids. That's where uh, I know you've mentioned the question to Bill. Like I, I do get surprised when Gids doesn't start because I expect him to start. I think he deserves to start. And Nettis does too, to be honest. I was I was just about to say yeah. is, talking about how Nettis is getting back into form. Like Nettis, Nettis pretty much was the game changer for us too when he oh, came yeah. in. Like he he was creating chances left and right. He was the most dangerous player for us. I I felt like. Um, and then I know we gave up that goal on the, that our our only opportunity. Um, Kudimado and Altamendi were caught sleeping a little bit on that one. Uh. But then the team, like like Red Baron said, we never panicked. The team just came right back, and they just kind of – they were mentally focused, and they were like, dude, all right, we'll just got to get it back. We just got to get another – we got to get another goal in. And, of course, our Matador, Gonzalo Ramos, scores a João Vieira Pinto-type goal, the one that nice. he pulled off in the Avalade. It was a nice goal. To, I thought it was a nice goal. Um, to get back on the score sheet, and then we added one at the end as well, so – I thought it was a good good win. Uh, yeah, was it a little panicky? Yeah, but it, I've it wasn't the most panic. I, I I didn't feel so panic panicky like as as I have in other games. Um, I think I it was panic. We gonna... I think it was more panic in in the sense of the result, and not so much the performance. Right, like we weren't panicking because we were on the ropes and we looked terrible. It was more so we were tied. And we were potentially going to now be three points ahead of yeah. Porto versus five. I was when Boavista tied it up. I got nervous because we weren't like we were creating. We just couldn't finish, and right. that's when I was like, "Fuck, dude, here we go!" Like a game where we need, not like we need to win to keep the distance, right? To keep the yeah. five point, especially uh, a game at home. Like you can't draw points, yeah. right? Exactly, and you like it was one of those things where like we we've struggled. We struggled in Bruges to put the ball in the back of the net. We struggled in this game to put the ball in the back of the net. Now we need to do it. I was like, dude, can we can we do it? Like I got a little a little nervous there for a little but bit. But we did it. I I, 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 like I, said, I, I was never I, I, I actually thought that we were gonna score more goals after we scored the first one. Like I was like, this Me is, too. This is blow up the but they reacted so quick. It was like three after, three minutes yeah. between yeah. goals. And, yep. and and to me, it was like Whatever, like I know we gave up the goal, but to me, I was like, get the ball back in the middle and let's keep going. Like keep like the way I wanted, I wanted to keep playing the way they were playing. They made that one little error, and they gave up a goal. But up to that point, we were dominating that game, especially in the second half, yeah. and we dominated yeah. the rest of the rest of the half as well. And I was, to kind of go by Bill's point on like, how we starting, like we're not trying to score those early chances. In the beginning of the season, we were scoring early. Like Off 10, 15 minutes, we would have a goal or two goals, and we would kind of go on cruise control. I mean, there. we did it against Pasoreda. What was it, like 2-0 at halftime or something? Yeah. This was the first yeah. time in the league that Benfica went into the half at 0-0. Yeah. yeah. Roger, Roger talked about it at the end of the game in his press conference. He said, like, if we don't score to begin the game, like, if we don't score in those first 20 minutes, then it's, it's a game of patience, right? Like, you need to yeah. wait for your opportunity and, and, and take it. Problem is... Like if you get your opportunity and you're not taking it, then but, that's when you're the, like, "Fuck, Eric, this is gonna, this is not gonna go our way." To be fair, I also thought we we were creating, but like there weren't like dangerous chances for us that we were creating. Like we had the Gonzalo flick, which like 
that was just unlucky. You just didn't go in. Which um, flick are you talking Gonzalo about? Gonzalo Sitter. That, that, huh? The one that, when he one flicked. Have been like in the first the, half. He crossed it and he flicked. Yeah. He tried to flick it. Oh, near post. post? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it went wide. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, like that That's that, that. one's usually one that he does score, but, you know, it just didn't Ned go his had way. one. He Ned missed, had he one missed the sitter. The he missed the yep. sitter with the goalie saved it. I mean, that, that one's, I, like I said, he needs to finish that, but, you know, that's just unlucky. Yeah. Goalie's going to save some opportunities. It's just we're – I think we're we're creating, but like, I don't know. Like, I I, I see a difference when Ned is, is on the field. Like, especially if he's, he's more direct, in form. Like, he just goes at you. Like, he doesn't give a yeah. shit. Like, the same yeah. thing and, as like Ged. So they're players that are just gonna Gids, go yeah. at you. But having like, in, and I love Freddie. But having Freddie play on the outside, it, to me, it slows down a little bit. Like, it just correct because he's not a guy that's yeah. gonna go at the players, right? Exactly. Where Ned is yeah. like, I'm just gonna keep going down the line. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's what I'm trying to say. Like I prefer. Like, that's why I prefer Freddie more in the midfield range. Like I feel like that's yeah. where he's more comfortable and he can distribute the ball any way he can, and he could probably do those long passes better than anyone else that's playing in the midfield. Agree. I was, and that's one of I the, was a little. That's one of the gaps Chiquinho doesn't have is that long exactly. ball. Exactly. Yeah. Chiquinho's not that great on long balls either. Chiquinho doesn't have exactly. it either. He, he's trying. You can tell now that Enzo's gone. He's but he's not. Be, he's not as good he's at not it. There. And I was. I was yeah. a little surprised that Tino was the one that was sacrificed to move Freddie back. But then um, I was just looking. I guess he's on four yellow. So, I mean. Who, Freddie? Tino. Tino is oh. on. So, if he had got another one, he's missing the next game. So, I mean, he's – I guess it's an easy pick, right? You just pull that guy off and slide Freddie yeah, back. But I think the – I think the decision was more the fact that Bovista wasn't getting up the field, right? And is there any value in having a, a holding defensive midfielder no, I, there, right? When I, you can put Auschwitz there and Chiquinho and they can fill that void. I agree. I was, at, I mean, in our group text, I was saying go three in the back, yep. pull off Gilberto. Well, well, I don't know if when he brought well, Budisimu in, did we go three no, at the back or did we go four? No, we fucking right Tony back. and right back. And, and he, he made a ridiculous act. <laughs> but he did a nasty t- yeah, he had a yeah, tackle, but that fucking was a machine. But he, but he lost the ball so bad. I was like, dude, yeah, well, he's not used to being out there. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. that was fucking um bad. let me look through some of these comments here. Carlos Zamaru, uh welcome back. Carlos he said defense was lulled to sleep from long stretches of an activity that happens a lot to us because we hold the ball for such long stretches. It's true. Same things for goalies, right? Like goalies at a big club, you get called on once or twice in a game, right? And you need to make sure that you show up for that once or twice. It's not like playing for you know, a mid-level team where you're facing 15, 16 shots, right? Like you're constantly engaged, right? It's completely different when you're playing for a bigger club, at least for a club that also keeps the ball. SLBS is the goalie put like Man City was in the stands. Yeah, Bracali seems to, I mean, Always. not just Bracali, but it seems like every, every goalie, goalie that we play against ends up having the game of their season against us. Um, Juanina says, nice to see the team not give up when they face a difficult team. Um SLBS Remo's goal was class. I agree. His nicest goal by far. I agree. I've been a critic of his. That goal was very nice. I mean, the how he lays the defender down, and he literally just got to it with the tip of his toe to tuck it into that back corner. <laughs> and I don't know who it was. Let the ball run. I think it might have been Grimaldo, but I was afraid that he was going to touch it, touch it, and get called for offsides. I was like, no, no, no. okay, like so not, no, like not. It was Gids because uh, oh, was like, Gids. all that selfish. Oh, yeah. I was afraid that he was going to touch it and potentially be offsides, but it went in. Um, Jorninho says, when Gonzalo Rams went to console Joe Mario, that's the shit we need on the pitch. It's all reflection of the locker room and good leadership. Agree. After Joe Mario missed that goal, um, it was good to see the team rally around him. He's been crucial for us. Um, 
and that's the first one he's missed. So hopefully the last. Um, Nick says if if Nettis is fully healthy, he's a main starter. This this was his first 45 minutes, full 45 minutes in a long time. Um, I agree. He says if Nettis starts, we should push Shikinu out of the 11 and Auschwitz to the middle. I think we all also agree with that here. Cardo says, am I the only one who's impressed with every keeper we play against? Would Vlaco be that guy if we played against him? Grass greener and all that. I agree. Like It seems like every goalie that plays against us is like on their head, and they save everything. And Bracali's 42. I didn't even realize Bracali was 42. I know he's been here a long time, but I didn't know he was 42. <laughs> so. dude, dude, I used to think, so when I was like, like – He's been a keeper for a while. For a while, yeah. I was like, oh, that broccoli goalie. <laughs> <laughs> that golly broccoli. That yeah, dude, he's good. he played he played a hell of a game. Oh. I mean, we missed a couple, but he played well. Um, and Juanina says, I don't think he will stay on by Fika long. Dot, dot, dot. Um, I'm sure there'll be teams coming knocking. I'm sure there's teams already knocking. But it's really... more of hold a conversation for the summer. But um, if, if Fika does well in, in Europe, if we get past this round... Having sold Enzo, I don't think Benfica's asked press to need to sell in the summer, which puts that puts us in a good spot, right? It, it allows us to leverage it a little bit more to say, listen, you pay X, you can have him. You don't pay X, he stays, right? We don't have to sell. I mean, kind of like his stand, uh, stance on Enzo, right? Correct. You want him, yeah. pay the release Here's the fee, correct. Yeah. The fee, that's it. And I think it's, like you said, like the, the, the amount of money we've made in Champions League already, plus the Enzo deal in January, like Correct. I think going to the summer, I don't think Puts I don't think we're in a spot, spot where we're we're gonna be desperate for money. I don't I, I don't know what his clause is, but you should get a you should renew and up that clause, whatever it is. Janine says I we all like saw how that up. ended up last time. Yeah, I mean we saw how it ended it. I mean they basically paid 121 million, right? Like again, if they're gonna come and pay the amount of the release clause, then I mean and the player wants to go, then have a good you know, time, enjoy yourself. We'll take the money, right? Benfica and every team in Portugal is always going to be a selling club. Now, if Benfica resorts to selling their top players for, you know, half of their transfer value or half of their clause, then obviously that's a problem. But when push comes to shove and they show up and they hit that amount, I mean, there's only so much we can do, right? Especially if the player wants to go. We saw it happen with Enzo. Um, We would like to believe that if that ran into a situation with Gonzalo being from the Seychelles, Etc. You would think that the approach would be different. Potentially, he'd want to stay. I mean, I think he would be benefit from one more season at Benfica. This is his first full season as a starter. We've seen a lot of players leave early and not pan out. I think he would be not just for Benfica's sake, but also for the national team. Right? Like we struggle to get forwards to oh, get yeah. pure strikers, and I think him staying one more year at Benfica, I think, could be beneficial to him. He just um, he renewed this year 120 mil release cost. Yeah, I thought it was and, and, and Mike uh, and Bill like Gids just came back to Benfica, right? So like yeah. sometimes maybe Gids is in his age, like dude, you know, stay another year. Would be nice, if, yeah. See what happens to me, right? Help a little bit more. Things yeah, are things always aren't always, always, always the there. Side, man. He's like yeah. you just find the right deal for yourself, like you know, yep. like you. I mean, I don't know the type of conversations, but maybe Gonzalo and both Gonzalo have that type of fuck. No, I, I agree. Um, what else we got here? I'm okay with selling demos if it means we keep the rest of the team. Yeah, but again, I think having sold Enzo, leaves, I think, puts us in a different spot. That leaves a massive gap. Correct. Then we need to go find someone, obviously. But again, with like... the money from Enzo, and if we got money from Consol, right, then I think we can go and reinvest. Um, 
Condo says release clause or bust. I agree. And I think Rui Costa stood by, stood by that um, with Enzo. He's one of our own. That's probably the biggest difference between him and Enzo. Both had a good World Cup. Yeah, I mean, Gonzalo Ramos had one game, one good yeah. game in the World Cup. He didn't really do much else against little, Poland. Little Again, but he, he also only played two games. Um, apparently, Liverpool is interested in Florentino Luis. Hopefully, we increase his buyout if that turns out to be true. I've also heard rumors that they're very interested in him. Um, I don't know if he'd fit in there. He's a small guy as a holding midfielder. I mean, Conte did it, but I think he's a different. Conte is a different player Conte's than Florentino. Fast as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, don't think, I don't think he has the legs. I like. I Tino, but I don't think Tino yeah. has the legs. Correct. He's a different type of player than Conte. Conte will just fuck. He's like Ramirez, like just run, 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 run. Right, whereas Florentino doesn't have that capacity, but I mean, I mean, there there are rumors that they're interested. Jay, would you take this? Sell e sell Ramos by Renato Sanchez and Geds. Would you take it, Jay? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so this is like Geds. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Renato is becoming a little injury prone. Like it, it just seems like every little fucking. Yeah, he just got thing hurt again, right? Yeah, ago. yeah. He just and he just came injury? back. Yep, I, he was out, came back, <laughs> one or two games, out again. Tino, I, I, and Tino's I, release clause is 120 mil. So that okay. means we could buy Renato Sanchez <laughs> on the cheap, so that's good news. <laughs> <laughs> we could get Gids on the cheap and sell Ramos for big money. I mean, this sounds like a win for me. There you go. Go, buy, go says, buy a striker after? Jonia says no, he's too injury prone. Carlos says Benfica doesn't have cash flow challenges. Compromising the release clause is not an option. I agree. I think we're yeah. financially in a good position, and I agree. We need to make sure that we hold hold our own. And you want them? That's fine. Come get them. But it's going to be next. tough, man. Though it's going to be really tough. No, I, I agree. Hold these, hold like all these talents. Like I just feel like Neres, Rafa. Like 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 these. There's gonna be teams knocking on the door for. Oh, of guys. course, of course. But again, like as long as we're not selling them on the cheap, right? Then we just yeah. need to be smart with our reinvestment, right? But well, like, it just sucks because like we have correct. we have a good chemistry going right now, and correct? It, and we suck to lose like four or five pieces of that. And that's the unfortunate piece of being a selling club, right? Like, yeah. basically, we form and develop players for the big dogs to come in and be like oh yeah we'll take him and we'll take him and we'll take him right and then it's like you back to the drawing board fuck now who am i going to go get to replace right and are they going to be able to hit the ground running once they come in that's the challenging piece um i have a few more items here on this game before we wrap it up i thought an interesting thing here which was joel nevs came in again with like one or two minutes remaining in the game did anyone does anyone else find that strange i get he's a kid I know that his expectations aren't going to be like, I'm going to play a lot, but I think it's weird that like you put him in with one minute left. Like he went in the last game again, one minute, like does anyone else find it weird? So I I noticed it. I get it's time wasting, but it's a fucking minute. But that's the thing. I think he's bringing him on because he's young and he's not going to be one of the, like if he's going to do that with like, I don't know, like a okay, Gets, fair, for example. Like more like, experienced guy, yeah. Right, okay. like they're going to be like, why the, like, why the fuck are you wasting – like with Neres, okay. after with Neres, like why are we doing that with Neres? Of all players, yeah, and we like, talked why about are we going to bring him on? a few weeks ago here, yeah. And okay, I can like, agree with that. It kind of looks like a slap in the face type of thing. Um, And he's one of – like you're so young that I feel like he's he not going to be a player that – No, he's like, I'm getting my fucking okay. – whatever, I'm out there for a minute, minute and a half, but I'm getting on yeah. the field in a, in a big game at home, like – Yep. I feel like he's one of the. It's one of those things where like the kid's gonna enjoy it more than he's gonna look at it and be like, 
why the fuck do you put me on the yeah. field for Fair. 30 okay. seconds? I didn't think of it that way, but that makes sense. Jay, do you, do you agree with that? I, yeah. I, I, I just was think, like, another minute. I, I just think it's it's either for two one or two things. It's either for, obviously, the what I think it's time-wasting. And what Bill said, he's like, I'm not going to put – I'm not gonna put like a, a professional of ten years or ten year yeah. professional in yeah. and I'll just throw the kid in there so you can get like yeah. a couple minutes yeah. in to get some Fair. experience. Makes sense. Um joining us is random, but did you all see the light oh, show? Yeah. You did, and I got oh, the yeah. video that I will play here for you once we're done with this conversation. Uh Roger must see something special in him. He's getting him to just get used to the weight of the the mental sagrado. I agree, right? Like yeah, I mean and the weight of his mental sagrado is heavy because he's got like three sizes too big. No, his, <laughs> the shirt they figured it out. Yeah, his shorts are still a little big. The shorts are still a little big. The kids All right, man. Dude, right, little John Snow. I watched him. I watched him on the B team, and he played with his jersey tucked in. He always does. I think that's. I think it's just. A, yeah, it well, is. I thought the style. he was doing it on the first team because the shirt was too big. But I just think it's the no, way the fuck yeah, that's he, how plays. he plays. Like it's just, it's his yep. style. Yeah, he just he's prim and proper, like old school. Little dude, tuck it in. Let's roll. Um, one other piece, referee decisions. Thoughts on the stomp on Rafa in the first half. Do you guys agree with the yellow card, or did you expect a little bit more, Bill? Initially, live and like the initial replays, I thought the yellow was fine. Looking at it more, and that's one of those things, like you keep watching the replay, you're going to like – convince yourself otherwise type of thing it's one of those it, it is it is borderline right like the way he comes in the ball is nowhere near rafa at that point like rafa had cut back a little bit it is borderline um in portugal if i mean if it was a benfica player i think that might be a different outcome but taking um, club club out of it yeah card. looking at it I, I think I still think live and the initial replays. I think the yellow was fine. Okay, Jay. In that instance, to me that was a red. He didn't even go for the ball. Okay. Um, I've seen worse reds on stomps. Um, but and I've seen no cards on stomps seen, as well. I was about to say we've seen worse <laughs> that wasn't given at all. Yeah. To me, to me, it's it's the Portuguese league, so it's kind of like a crapshoot. So it's yeah. whatever yeah. how he feels like officiating that day but i don't know i i just think like if boz was a red then that one should have been a red but like, i think they're two boz, different plays my opinion is that i think it's the yellow card yeah Bob comes in almost on his shin um it's a lot higher yeah i i think it's a yellow card i don't think it would have in my opinion it's not a red card um soccer is a contact sport and i feel like especially in portugal we've become into this mindset of like every time someone steps on someone's foot it's a red card like it's a contact sport it's timing things happen in a millisecond you st- i mean we've all played how many times you get kicked in the ankles how many times you get stepped on? like it's a timing thing right like now trying to differentiate was it malicious was it out of control right then it becomes a little subjective right it's basically based on opinion i don't think this one is a red card i think i'm happy with the yellow card um the bar one i think is significantly higher um on the leg and i think there's no debate on that one but i wouldn't be surprised if he got a red card today because of what we've seen in the portuguese league but, but in my but opinion to me, like bot ba- ba- goes for the ball he does and it was a timing and, game but the problem guy, is how high this, he gets him this guy doesn't even come close to the ball correct like the ball correct. was even near that fucking that side of the foot 
Like it to me, I agree. That, that has he, to doesn't, go to, he doesn't get that has him to go high. Context as well. I agree with that, but I don't think based on where he stomps on him, I don't think it was malicious in the sense of like he put the player's safety in danger, right? Like again, it's know, a timing. He got thing. him right on the fucking heel, like he did. Like, that shit hurts. I oh, I know. I know it hurts. Um, the initial the initial penalty request on Rafa. Giving a flat I, I'm of the opinion that I don't know what everyone else saw, but I didn't see an extension of the arm. I saw two players that came in and shocked with each other. It kind of threw Rafa off balance. And then as he started to move forward, he ended up like kicking the ground and fell. For me, the no call is the right call. Jay? I saw a little extension of the arm. <laughs> oh Did I? I've been trying so hard. Uh, no, to be honest, I, I, I was okay with the no call on that one, but Usually, when you see the, that arm kind of get extended, you see a call. That's all I'm trying to say is, I saw the extension of the arm. I didn't but see the extension, me, and I may have missed it. So if I did, I me, apologize, but I didn't see it. It's not a PK though, because I feel like Rafael, like when he's in like those little spots, sometimes he just feels contact and he falls. But like that's just my opinion. Okay, Bill. Bill. Bill had. Bill had red goggles on. Bill was convinced that he hit him with the paw and knocked him over. It was a fucking stiff arm, dude. (laughs) I'm. I've been on. I've been on Twitter looking, trying to find. You find the video for me. I haven't found the clip, but they showed it. They showed one of the one of the replays. The one replay I saw, they bounced into each other, and Rafa stumbled and kicked the ground and fell. Yeah, but the guy, the guy, kind of extends out his arm. He gives him like oh, a, does he extend like it or does he bump him? No, so like, it's one like, of those. It's like, one of it's those like you give him like a little sweet tamala. Like oh, you, yeah. it's hard to tell how much like he actually pushed him, but the arms extended, and that's the thing. Like like Jason said, when you when you typically when you see a defender extend out his arm like that, and the guy goes down, and like it's fine. one of those things. Like that's, if he that's extends, why. then I agree with you. Yeah. I didn't see the they, replay that I saw. He doesn't extend his arm. Yeah, they come so, together. And then as Rafa takes that touch away from him, he leans in and extends the arm. And then I think it looks worse because Rafa like stubs his toe. <laughs> and like, that's all you see is like the toe go in and the dirt come up and then Rafa tumble. But there's an, ex- there's, I mean, there's a clear extension. I need you to find me that video. because I'm, I'm all, get I'm all over Twitter looking If anyone it. watching or listening has footage of that, I want to see it. I didn't see an arm extension, but... I, 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 I saw it. it, but it was like one of those things that he was already kind of off balance a little bit and like he, he was like leaning forward and like you just see like the guy just kind of just, just put his hand on his back. Kinda. We'll have to find the video. Um, it, last wasn't like, it wasn't like a pep push. It was like <laughs> like a thumb, thumb push. Like, yeah. Um, Ramu's jumping with the keeper. People were shouting out the keeper comes out, punches the ball. There's contact in the air. I think it's inevitable. I don't think it's a penalty. Any nope. place, any day of the, the week, you guys I'm agree? Trying to sell that. It's, it's a keeper. They're never going to. In those situations, they're never going to. Yeah, they're never going to call anything on a keeper going up for yeah. a ball like that in the air. And the penalty that was awarded, I think it's the right call. He steps on his foot. I think that's a clear-cut case. Surprised it took so long. Um, for them to validate it, I was worried that the guy was going to be like, "Nope, not enough. Move on." One of those situations, they were probably looking for something not to call yeah, it. Yeah, not to call it. Yeah, Jay, you was he off- guys, was he offsides yeah. anywhere? Can we call this? <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I, was with, I was with you when you were writing. Like, how is it taking this long? Like, it, it yeah. just it was kind of cut, cut and dry. Like, you dude, yeah. dude stepped on his foot. 
Yeah, I don't know what the hell took so long. Um, MVP of the game today, Jay. MVP. Matador. Gonzalo Ramos, game winner. I got to go with get him. the MVP of the game as well. I thought he match. played well. I thought he hustled a lot. Um, I wish he scored the flick in the sitter. But I thought overall he played well. He stuck with it. And he showed some leadership as well. Um, after scoring the goal, going with Juan Mario and basically saying the goal was dedicated to him. So that was kind of cool. Bill, MVP. Worst player on the field. The show <laughs> Goal and an assist. Like I don't know. I don't know how the fuck you like stat line. He's the MVP. Goal. He got MVP and he was goal point MVP as well. Seven point six. But I and thought he, the first else, half he was a disaster. Everything oh else God. he did. I said it in our group chat. Every time the ball went to that right side to him, we would lose it. He would. He, he couldn't it. make a pass for it to save his life. Yep. Every single time you'd get the ball and lose it. Goal he and assist. A lot of balls. MVP. Hey. Worst player on the it. field. He made it work. Um, I'm going to go with Gonzalo Ramos as well. That goal was extremely important. He missed one or two, but at the end of the day, right, like his game, his goal is the game winner. Um, that's what wins us that game. It was a well um, individual performance. I mean, he makes that run, but for him to sit the goalie, the defender down and, and to tuck that into the back corner, um, you know, with his – Good thing he didn't cut his toenails, or else he wouldn't have got Dude, to that ball. It's a, it's a striker's, it's a striker's goal, right? hundred percent. Toe poke. hundred like percent. Yeah. Meanwhile, goalie, you, you know, forty-five-year-old Broccoli's expecting a laser coming yeah. at his face, and he just he gets a dribbler. Dribbles he gets it a dribbler. <laughs> Legit, you're expecting like a huge, powerful shot, and it just dribbles by him. Dude, those are used to that all the time. Little cut back is, little toe pokes. Can you see Ramos becoming a capitán? I think he could, but I don't know if he'll be here long enough. Yeah. If, if he, he stays, sticks around, yeah. yeah. But like yep. you said, I don't think I think he's gone out to the summer. I think Tony is more likely to become Capitan first if yeah. he stays. That kid's got a good head on his shoulders. It's a matter of if he stays or not. Dude, that tackle when he was playing right back. See the machine, dude. Back, and then he like celebrated with the fans. He's fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, quickly in the comments before we show the video, um, Nick was saying I was just waiting on the debut of the Recadell brothers. I thought for sure we had seen one of them today. They were warming up, um, but they didn't come in. Kyle says time. It's hard to get grasp of the standards since they vary from week to week. They do. The refereeing standards vary. The VAR standards vary. Like you don't know what's right, what's wrong. There's no consistency. Can you it's ever see? Wait, 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 wait. I don't get that Becca Yao comment. Is, are they talking? Is he talking about the Nordic kids? Yeah, yeah. Sheldrup oh. and Casper. Uh, <laughs> Becca Yao comes from. Dude. from Norway, Carajo. The I just got that shit right now. Holy That's God. where the Becca Yao comes from. <laughs> that just went way over my head. Could you imagine, like in in England, was it uh, the ref that Arsenal game that admitted he Mason. He, he messed up? He stepped down. Could you ever see something like that no. in Portugal happening? Of course not. Or else, He'd like, probably get a bonus. Uh, uh, probably depending yeah, on like, who he helped. Oh. Fizeste merda, toma lá mais dinheiro. E para a semana, voltas a arbitrar mais um jogo. Tens fruta em casa. Yes, seriously. <laughs> um, SLBS says, there was a penalty not called in favor that should have been called. Rafa kicked the ground because he was pushed off bounds. Again, I want to see the footage. If you guys got the footage, I'll change my mind, yeah. but I'm convinced there was no arm extension. Um, to me, the only mistake the ref made was not showing a second yellow to a Vista player. Yes, in the first yeah. half, I can't remember who it is named, but he definitely could have seen a second yellow card. I think Bruno Lorenzo. Something like that, yeah. Um, and it was still in the first half. Yeah. Uh, jo Joaninha says she didn't 
understand the Vakadiao brothers either. It's not going to lie. Um, and she said, would never happen in Portugal. Cheques to Pinto da Costa são top. São cheques, são frutas, são café com leite. Yeah, straight. Yeah, Venmo, Cash App. He pays them a Bitcoin. Um, to finish off, the light show at the stadium is absolutely incredible. I was there for the Sporting game, got to witness it, and I feel like as the weeks goes on, they get better at it, and they are better and better, and today was, was another one. And let's just watch these two minutes of amazingness. The, the aerial view of the stadium completely red is absolutely amazing. SLBS, good timing. Here's the light show for you. Sit back and enjoy. It, it like gives the just environment a completely different dynamic. No wonder why those fans were crazy in the first fucking 20 minutes. Get some amped up. I've been seeing them too. I actually missed this. It's cool. It was good. It's and like being there is amazing. This aerial shot right here in red is amazing. Right there. So we're, in the, we're in the league and lifting the trophy at the center of the field. Whole stadium in red. Spotlight on the trophy. Yeah, Carlos, they, they replaced the, the LEDs, or they replaced the, the screens in the corners, and then they put the LEDs around between the the first and the second piece. Bacalhau brothers, our newest players, Chaldrup and Pinkstead. I like that. This is so good. Freddy is in that too. He is. He's a Bacalhau brother, too. Bacalhau brother. Get the fast brothers from uh, Mighty Duck. Yeah. This is... Again, talk about getting amped up. This is what I love right here. Everything in red during the email. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. It was good. I think it just adds a completely different dynamic to, to the stadium, to the environment. It makes it entertaining, right? I feel like that's one thing that the U.S. sports do well is a sporting event is also an entertainment factor, right? There's a lot that goes into it pregame and halftime. And I feel like, at least in Portugal, and I think the sense is in Europe the same, is that they're a little bit behind in terms of making the sporting event an event yeah. and not just the game. Dude, all um, we need now is fucking Rihanna at halftime. We're good. <laughs> Red jumpsuit. Fits in perfect, uh, perfect, right? <laughs> um, Nick says Inferno to lose. SLBS says it finally earned the name Stadium of Light. And Nick says uh, the light show into the Inu is amazing. It was uh, if they only point the outside now or paint the outside now. So Rui Costa said that the first step was inside the stadium. Next step will be outside of the stadium and making it more family oriented with different things and screens. And they've already replaced the screen outside the Eusebio statue. And then the pavilions um, for the modalidades is also on the agenda to, to revamp. So 
we know it's a lot of work it's a lot of money a lot of investment but um you know he he stayed true to the promise and and we've made significant improvements inside the stadium which i think helps the environment the atmosphere in the game and hopefully the next steps are outside and making it more family oriented and making more families want to go to the games with their kids and 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 make it you know a sunday out or a saturday out uh at the game so kudos to him and the so much needed upgrades honestly agree um to finish off here next game we have vizela away going to be another tough game i feel like from here on out we're going to run into these games that are going to be tricky that are going to be difficult um and it's going to take some grit um to get across the finish line vizela just had their coach replaced um they're ninth with 26 points they're coming off a draw to vizela or Gil Vicente. they drew against shav 0-0 they lost the way to porto 2-0 um they beat riwav 3-1 and they lost to Sporting two to one, so not in great form. New manager, but these games away are always tricky. There's another motivation. Teams are fired up. I mean, they're safe from relegation, so they're mid table, right? So there isn't that pressure of fighting to stay up, which in a sense kind of frees them up to play a little bit more open and free flowing. So we'll see how that goes. That game's on Saturday at. Uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8.30 p.m. or 8.30 at night um, in Portugal. And then we have Famalicão at home and Bruges at home. Um, final thoughts, social media. Again, don't forget, we are knocking on the door of 30,000. My goal was for us to hit 30,000 by the end of the season. We could be hitting 30,000 by the end of this month, which would be awesome. Um, all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, um, any help will be helpful to us get those numbers up again the numbers uh the bigger we get the more likely we are to be able to get on some big names here on the podcast um as i mentioned at the beginning of the show we're also uh starting to, to record some podcasts starting tomorrow with some people connected to the club past and present um that we will be airing on the 28th next month next week um for the 119th anniversary of the club um, so stay tuned for that. I can tell you that Maru is one of them. Um, I can tell you that Alvaro Magalhães is another one of them. Um, former assistant coach, former player for Benfica for eight, nine years um, in the 80s. Um, assistant coach for Trapatoni um, in a, you know, a, an iconic season that saw us get back to winning the title after 10 years or 11 years of, of not having won it. So those are just two of, of the ones that we have lined up. Now we're just trying to coordinate time um, and making sure that it works um, to be able to get them recorded. But um, we're, we're doing a lot of things in the background. Um, and again, all of your support is, is extremely helpful and, and beneficial for us to be able to get our name um, across uh, to those who are trying to convince to, to join us. Um, but gentlemen, any final thoughts before we sign off here? Jay? No. Um... I'm very happy with the result. We're five, so five points up, and we got a good, we got a good lead on Bruce. So just keep the train rolling, man. I'm riding the Ferrari. <laughs> I'm Who's not driving. driving Who's not driving? driving. <laughs> not me. Yeah, I'm driving. <laughs> All right, we'll let Jay drive. Bill, final thoughts. Yeah, same. I think we just need to keep. We've had a nice, good little string of results, good performances, good fight. I think we just need to. Uh, kind of stay focused on that and keep the keep the results coming in and it may not be pretty every week but at this point in the season you'll take ugly wins because at the end of the season 
those are the those are the results that are going to help you lift the trophy. So season keep it going. Getting tougher, so any win, a win's a win. So you got to take it any way we can get it. Yep. Agree. And just to wrap up these comments, Red Baron says Enzo will pay for the upgrades of the stadium. Red Baron says Invisela Mafia by starting Forza always. Oh yeah. Uh, Nick says hopefully this next game against Vizela is more straightforward than the game earlier this year. Tulipa H. Porto and Sporting player. Yes, he is Vizela's new coach. Um, Nick says he just followed us on Facebook. And Carlos Amaro says, big win today. For all these tuning in uh, live or after the fact on the audio version, um, thank you for tuning in. Again, don't forget to check us out on social media. Gentlemen, as always, a pleasure. We'll be back next week. And as always, viva o nosso Sport Lisboa e Benfica. Good night. Viva. Viva.